in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. Why don't we be around you? Why be around average? We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome to Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. And we are here for episode two. On tonight's show, we got a, a lot planned, a lot of good stuff planned. Um, but before we get started, just want to do a little housekeeping and say, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, just remember to hit subscribe. Um, you'll get the little notification bell. Hit that. Hit all notifications. Like the video. Comment on the video. If you're listening to this on one of the podcast networks, um, remember to like it. Um, if it asks you to give you a, a stars, you know, five stars, we would love the five star uh, rating. Comment on those if they ask for comments. Um, so, John, how you doing tonight? Good, good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's a little rainy here today, but uh, it's yeah. been a pretty good day. A lot different than last time. A lot of rain today. Um, yeah, so, I mean, nothing out of the ordinary. Just work all week. Probably just like you, been watching TV, watching Twitter, getting very angry about what's going on out there still. But plan is to go to the zoo tomorrow. It's going to be the little man's first time to go see the zoo. Uh, not sure if it's going to happen or not, but hopefully we can. Yeah, it sounds like fun if you guys get to go. Yeah, I hope so. All right, um, so in tonight's episode, um, the plan is tonight we're going to talk about later on, we're going to talk about um, Ohio State's response to um, Gene and uh, Ohio State's response to the Big Ten canceling, and then um, we're also going to get into uh, an SI article that came out actually on our rival site, uh, Michigan's affiliate, uh, SI affiliate, um, and we're going to talk about some very interesting points that they had. Um, but first, we just wanted to hit on a couple news topics for the for this evening. Um, so the first thing is we got a, a new commitment today, a new boom. Boom. Uh, <laughs> Tyleek Williams. 6'3", 330 pounds. He was rated as the number 10, 247 composite defensive tackle. He's from Manassas, Virginia. Any thoughts, John? Well, I mean, that's awesome. I believe he's our second out of Virginia. I I read that he is a top five Virginia prospect, so we have two out of the top five. We have a chance to get a third, so that would be excellent. Uh, we really needed defensive tackle depth. Um, I know we got some in the last cycle. I'm not sure how they project, so it definitely helps to get another one. Um, and I know that you know we have some good ones that are coming back. They're a little unproven with Togi and Teron Vincent, but if you know, when they do play i'm expecting that they're going to do very well and i don't see them being with ohio state much past one more season so it's definitely a big get for us we needed that we needed that depth in the class getting that second defensive tackle especially a good one's always great so i'm very excited for that something that our line absolutely needed yeah i heard a lot of similar things um and i also heard that um he's not really expected to be like you know he's going to come in right away and be one of those uh you know superstars is going to get on the field immediately um but a lot of people are saying that you know with larry johnson and um mariotti that um just let them get a year with him and he'll be perfect i mean probably. it always seems like larry johnson gets five-star kids so maybe it's hard to you know gauge this but i think we've heard this before that guys are a little developmentally behind and they're going to need a couple year or like a year or two and then larry johnson gets a hold of them and 
you see flashes of it in year one. So I'm not sure if that's going to happen with this kid, but definitely, you know, the best in the game is the one that's teaching him. So you can only yeah, be definitely. excited about it. Yeah, definitely. Larry Johnson, definitely the best coach you can learn under. All right. Next part. Next uh, piece of news. Randy Wade is planning a Saturday, the 29th protest at Ohio Stadium at 11 a.m. Thoughts? I'm in the camp. Do not give up until it's over, man. So I like everything Randy's doing. He's trying to get a football season for his son, um, the other kids on Ohio State. So don't quit, Randy. Keep it up. We really love it over here. Hopefully it can happen. Again, I'm not getting my hopes up on that. But honestly, I mean, most of it's about transparency as well. So I know they just want answers. We talked about it last week. They still, the Big Ten still owes them these answers. So you need to talk to the parents. You need to talk to the players. You need to talk to the coaches. They're still in hiding. They're acting like they're not hearing any of this backlash still. So Randy's just trying to get answers. He wants them to talk. I appreciate what he's doing. I hope he's successful. I would love to get some sort of answer by the end of this weekend. And then the parents be happy with it. If the parents are happy with it, even though I'm going to hate not being able to watch Ohio State for the season, if the parents, players, coaches, are okay with the answer, I think I would be more at peace and be okay with the answer. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, like I said on the on the last episode, um, I'm definitely appreciative of what these parents are doing. You know, good for them. You know, they're fighting for their sons, right. and um, that's the most important thing right now. Right, and they, just, and they even said, like, they don't necessarily believe there's going to be a season – they just it's heartbreaking for them to talk to their kids about this watch the you know their sons be in so much pain that they're not getting to play they just want to have a good reason why and be able to talk to them so again i appreciate everything that they're doing and i hope they get the answers they're looking for all right next piece of news and uh this one's a little bit of a dagger to the heart in my opinion so uh, ap poll came out this week and the ap all americans uh pointless <laughs> The preseason poll, so um, teams not playing could actually be rated in this poll, even though they will not be rated for any further weeks going forward. Ohio State, ranked number two in the country in the AP poll, received 21 first-place votes. Clemson, who's number one, received 38 first-place votes. Ohio State received 1,504 total points, and Clemson received 1,520 points. That's how close... Ohio State was to be in your preseason number one team in the country. <laughs> and I think about it, go one step forward. If they wore preseason number one, how terrible if they're not playing this year. I mean, that's just a darn shame that we're not going to get a season. Obviously, the Associated, Associated Press believes that they're going to be really good. I mean, you can say – what do you – it's a 15, 16 point difference from one to two. Yeah, 1520 to 1504. Man, that's that's hard to take. That, like you said, that's that's a heartbreaker right there because that's how good your team was going to be this year. And you're not going to know what they could do against that elite competition. You're not going to know what they could do against Clemson if they got to play them this year. So that that's a heartbreaker. Yeah. Um, kind of my thought on it, a lot of what yeah, you said, um, you know, it just. It stinks when you think about it because this team could have very, very easily been something special. Kind of wish the AP would have voted them number one. Then that way they could have read stories about how stupid the Big Ten was. Yeah, I agree. That would have been incredible if they did get number one. I mean, again, that would have been more of a heartbreaker. But 
I don't know. I mean, number two, actually, you can see how stupid the Big Ten is. Yeah. And what was Penn State? They were think, seven, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're seven or eight. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, even more ridiculous that, you know, you had two teams in the top ten, and uh, I didn't venture. Uh, my heart couldn't take it to venture too much farther down the list. But, no, uh, no, I know. I, I'm sure they had a few other schools in there in the top 25. I think Michigan was also in the top 25. I and, stopped about it, too. When, when I saw we were number two and just we're not playing and how close we were to number one and just knowing how good we were going to be this year, that was kind of – that was all I needed to see on the list. I mean, that was it was heartbreaking. I think that was just a, a kick at Ohio State. You know, that was a little, like, dirt in the eyes or salt in the wounds, however you want to word it. But that was like, oh, we're going to stick it to the Buckeyes in the Big Ten one more time. Watch this. <laughs> Um, and then going off of that, um, so Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade um, were put placed on the AP preseason um, All-American list uh, for first-team All-American. And uh, Justin Fields uh, was second-team All-American behind Trevor Lawrence. Great pieces that were coming back. I mean, that says it right there. We, and we, we kind of figured that's where those three guys were going to be. So, um, I mean, Justin Fields is just – it's the guy that he's competing with there. I mean, that's the only reason he's second team was because Trevor Lawrence is first team. So can't really argue with it too much. Of course, though, that's like to me, that's one A and one B. It's not first and second team. Uh, Wyatt and Sean, I, I think we all knew how good they are, and we expected that to happen this year. Uh, any chance on a delayed season we ever see any of those three in a Buckeye uniform again? Mm. I'm going to say no. I just – uh I know there's some hope that maybe if they do the January start that they could. I just don't see it. I don't see where anybody who's uh, mentoring these young men, these parents, be like, you know, at that point, it's get ready to play in the league. And uh, if you could see one, Wyatt. Wyatt. <laughs> but. I maybe mean, Fields. He, maybe. Has a, he has a good chance to be a first round guard, though, right? Yeah. I mean, they. I definitely, I mean, Randy Wade kind of, you know, a few weeks ago said, you know, Sean was not coming back in the spring. Uh, I expect that to be true. I don't think Sean, I mean, Sean would have went late first round last year. Depending how he did on the combine, you might have saw him go before Damon, to be honest with you. I mean, I think Sean really could have propelled himself up in the draft last year in the first round. And this year, I expect that he would go probably anywhere from the 15 to 20 range without playing. But again, you, what he does at the combine with Ohio State's best in America, you know, intrigue with their um, secondary, he might be top 15. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm going. I think um, Ohio State's um, uh, reputation about with cornerbacks specifically um, – I could see him going a lot. I could see him going in the top fifteen. I possibly as close as ten. I mean, I really do. I think that I don't see him as a top five. No, now, I not don't. without playing, I don't think he can do what Okuda. Did. And I don't even know if I see him as a top ten, but I could see him in that ten, 10 range, to fifteen range. Yeah, yeah I agree. he might slide a little bit into the top. I mean, he could. I could see him anywhere from that eight to fifteen range. I think he. I think he's got abilities. I think he'll prove himself at the combine. And then on Ohio State's reputation, I mean, you know, there's some of those coaches. I mean, Sean Payton said a couple years ago that, you know, he wished he could take Buckeyes every year. Because he knows they're ready. Yeah. Yeah, so I agree with that. I think Justin would maybe – I mean, Wyatt, I think, would be the most likely if we ever were to see one. Justin, two. Sean, I would say he's probably as close to 0% 
as there can be. I mean, Randy kind of came out and outlined that for all of us that there's really just no point for it. Yeah. All right. Final piece of news for this week. Um, budget crisis at Ohio State. And I, I got this article from 11 Warriors. Um, they're projecting a $130 million decline in athletic revenue from for the 2020-2021 uh, athletic seasons. What do you think about that? Well, I th- I mean, they came out that there was always going to be a significant hit because of ticket sales for the football games. So I think what they Gene said without fans, I believe he said it would be, what, like a $50 million hit? Yeah, I believe so. So we we knew there was going to be a significant hit regardless. Um, but, I mean, that's, that's going to be hard for any school, even Ohio State. I mean, the football team, you know, a couple years – they could get it back. I don't know. I'm, I'm not an economics guy. Maybe they get it back in one year. I don't know. I mean, I always feel like Ohio State football is going to be okay. Their recruiting is going to be okay. They're going to sell. But that's that's going to be hard. I think they're going to be fine. The problem is is where down the road does it go with the other sports. You know, I, I was um, – well, what, are, what are the other Big Ten schools losing? The ones that aren't going to be okay. I mean, you s- – Already saw Iowa's already cut four teams. Nebraska's furloughed a bunch of employees. Um, you know, I, I mean, you could say, I mean, and I'm not getting into it. This is not about a debate about how much money coaches make. But, you know, I saw a uh, I saw a thing. I believe it was last year. It was like they did the top ten, like, state employees for the state of Ohio. And I think all ten of them were Ohio State coaches. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, and I, I'm talking about, like, some of the coaches, like, you know some of the other teams like the rowing coach i think like made like three hundred thousand dollars a year so like (laughs) that's that's uh i would expect coaches president ad i mean everyone's gonna have to take some sort of cut with this happening yeah i see that happen and i mean i know ryan day has talked about it that uh he's expecting to take probably some sort of haircut which you know i think they're all going to be team players on it and do it um yeah. You know, I expect Gene to take some sort of pay cut, too. Um, I mean, it is what it is at this point. You, I mean, I would hope the presidents, I hope that, I mean, you could say that they sh- shouldn't put money in their thought process if they're doing this for health. I mean, I think as we talked about in the last episode, there's some interesting discussions how much of really of health it was about. Right. But, um, you know, I mean, I hope they took that into consideration because, you know, you know, the NCAA said, you know, if kids get to keep their eligibility if you know they're not playing but that doesn't that doesn't happen if they get rid of the sport and i think there could be some sports at ohio state that you know they have i believe it's high 30s right varsity sports yes. so like i definitely see a couple of them going bye-bye over this so when they do get to play again if you've lost that much money this year and then if you're gonna have to take on more scholarships have they have they said how that's going to work yet? No, they have not said how that's going to work yet. So what are ticket prices going to be to actually go to an Ohio State game once it starts? I mean, are we talking, like, face value, a couple hundred dollars? Probably. So it makes only. I mean, you got to make that money me. back. you got to pay for how many extra kids to get full-ride scholarships. you got to pay for $130 million that you lost. How are you going to do that? They'll probably see what the going rate is on the secondary market. It'll probably Ohio State will be selling their tickets on the secondary market just to get an extra bump. <laughs> right. 
But they got to get the money back somehow. So, yeah, I mean, that's what they got to do. That's what they got to do. But they'll figure it out. They're going to be fine. I'm a little bit more worried about the rest of the conference, though. It could go back to kind of where we were in those mid to late 2000s with Trussell. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Okay, so um, we're going to get into our first major discussion tonight. Um, kind of going off the last piece of news, um, Gene. Ohio State, you know, how do you think they uh, have handled this situation? Man, so I think I asked you this last time, how you felt, how, you know, what did you think Gene was feeling? Did he want to play? Was he happy? And then we've kind of got a couple more things that have come out since then. So I I don't want to be all over the place on this one, but we're going to have to kind of break this one down. So we hear the other day that – one, not a single athletic director in the Big Ten was for them postponing the season. Not a single one. 14 for playing. Yeah. Correct? Yep. And oh. how many of their opinions were uh, taken into consideration when, uh, with the presidents and with the conference? Now, ultimately, the presidents are in charge here, and I get that. But you would think they would have the wherewithal in this conference that – they're playing a sport and we're talking about sports you would think that they would have the common sense to include the athletic directors in this conversation and uh, kevin warren again i'm not trying to go after the guy but he he pretty much uh, from the way i took what i read was he said he was going to be the voice of those athletic directors in that meeting with the presidents and i don't believe that the opinion of those athletic directors was ever taken into concern or consideration whatsoever yeah instead of maybe doing uh the uh new commissioner that has only been on the job for a couple months maybe you should have a couple of the seasoned uh athletic directors in there you know i would have been you know i'm not even saying gene i would have felt like more comfortable if they would at least had barry in the room right yeah and why are we even hearing at all? The guy's been there for only a couple months. Why are we really like hearing that he's pressing his opinion whatsoever? I mean, he's allowed to have a voice. He's allowed to have an opinion. That's fine. But you, he should be in no way putting in a position that he's trying to persuade anybody to postpone a season. There's absolutely no reason for that. Yeah, like take Ohio State's president, you know, some things I'm assuming here and a couple other things I've, you know, from hearing from different people that – you know, I think she took Jean's opinion a lot on it. She's new to the job, and right. I think, you know, maybe Jean kind of stepped in there and gave her his opinion on it that, uh, you know, you kind of need to listen to some of your boosters and the fans. The fan outcry is going to be pretty bad on this. And, you right. know, I'll give her credit. She at least uh, for— From what we've heard, they were one of the biggest voices for the season. Yeah. I mean, at least she stuck up for the team that they wanted to play. Right. Yeah, so anyway, so that's part of it. No athletic director wanted to postpone a season. Then we get to the fact that in the article, the Nebraska president, athletic director, athletic director. Correct? Yeah, I believe it was the athletic director. He states that Gene was actually saying that, you know, I have a national title contender here and my guys are not going to be allowed to play now. So Gene knows how good his team is. He knows that he wants to play. He knows that the other athletic directors want to play. So even though he's stating, you know, that they want to play, it just, to me, doesn't it seem like he rolled over too easily that they're taking that he's, he was one of those first voices as like, no, there's not going to be a season. We're just going to do what they say that we're going to, you know, we're going to 
explore our options for winter and spring. We're very excited about the possibilities. I just feel like, and maybe he pushed, I think he did push pretty hard. I mean, from, it seems like he did that they were definitely exploring options, how to play in a non big 10 schedule, but publicly I think Gene just would have done himself a, you know, a service to make it seem like that he is fighting tooth and nail to try to get a season going. Yeah, I would have, uh, Honestly, I think he probably he should have came out and said something like publicly at the point like he could have come out and said a very you know strongly worded statement. He's like, you know, it is what it is. You know, we have to go by the decision. 100 percent disagree with the decision. You know, we have a great team here in Columbus. You know, I was in an, on the athletic director's call. All of us wanted to play. So, and you know, none of our opinions were taken into the account, except right. maybe my opinion. I it would even throw, you know, as far as I know, you know, only a couple of the presidents, including ours, even asked for our opinion on it. So, like, you know, I mean, it sounds like the Michigan president didn't even talk to the athletic department, no. which is mind-boggling. You think with the... It's about sports. How aren't you going to include the voice of the athletic director? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, and then just the kind of, so I, in my opinion, I wish he would have, um, I wish he would have had some sort of public statement. Been a little more vocal about it. And then, you know, from, you know, like you kind of said, and kind of over here, and I do think Gene wasn't a pushover behind closed doors. No, absolutely not, because this has been going on. Like, you can tell Ohio State's been trying to get a season. And we talked about this last week. You have people retweeting things, coaches retweeting things, coaches putting their opinion out there. Gene would tell them to knock it off. Yeah, that's how – I mean, that's how I felt. Um, I, I, I definitely think behind closed doors, Gene was probably slamming his uh, hands on the desk. Yes, and uh, absolutely. Pounding fists. But, you know, I think – this is just the type of person Gene is. Um, and I mean, I don't want to say Kevin Warren's his boy. I don't know anything about it. I have read he is, but he wants to show respect to the new commissioner. And I can understand that. I can respect that. So I'm not, I don't want Gene out there bringing down Kevin Warren. I don't want any of that. I mean, I always joke around, you know, using a, a reference from uh, one of my favorite movies, The Godfather. But uh, Gene's not a wartime consigliere, and uh, it just shows. Maybe you needed Urban in those meetings. <laughs> yeah. Um, but kind of just t- when you when you look back at what the AP poll and you know the preseason All Americans and stuff like that. I mean, this was going to be a special team. Gene's one hundred percent right. I have a national championship team. I mean, they were almost rated as the number one team in the country. Right. Everyone saw that. And um, I mean, you saw the what you had coming back from last year. I mean, the team that was honestly the better team on the field in that semifinal game. I mean, I mean, I know the end of the day the scoreboard is the only thing that matters right. but i mean we all watch that game i i mean i can be unbiased for a minute i would have if i would have felt clemson was actually the better team and ohio state was the one lucking themselves into being in that game i would let people know i mean i felt ohio state dominated that game except they just didn't score enough points well and i hate to be the one to go after kids playing a game but if their defense didn't have brain farts and give up, you know, five huge chunk plays, they win that game easily. And there was other things also. I mean, you could talk about officials. You could talk about bad targeting calls. Whether I'm, you know, I defended Sean for that hit, and I'm going to keep defending him. If you read the rules, it was a targeting. It probably was the right call. 
I think in the game of football, though, if a guy's standing right there and you're trying to tackle him, it's pretty hard when you're the one with the momentum tackling not to dip your head a little bit. You know, and the thing that kind of sucks about that is uh, – And I drunkenly defended him very much that night, if sh- and I still defend him. Not, I'm not drunk today, but I still defend him to this day. If uh, Sean didn't get thrown out of that game – You win ha- that game. How many of those chunk plays happened? At the end, doesn't get that touchdown pass. I mean, I don't think Lawrence gets that touchdown run. Sean's really fast. He's a good hitter. Uh, he cleaned up a lot of the mistakes he made in 18 with tackling and pursuit. So I don't think they would have got. If but if Sean doesn't get kicked out of that game, do they score a point in that game? You're punting. Yeah, You're I, punting there. I don't know. You don't get. A, I mean, that maybe com- garbage time later. That completely it. changes the entire momentum swing of that game. I don't know if they score a point in that. I mean, we're not trying to get onto a big uh, tangent from uh, no, last year. No, we got year. plenty of time to talk <laughs> about last, last year. But uh, but uh, just the whole point is doing the, the, the talent that they had coming back. Um, and, you know, yeah, there were some spots that they had uh, – kids had to step up. The defense line was going to be interesting. But it's Ohio State. You know, Larry Johnson's the coach. You know they got great players there. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I – I would always assume that they're going to be fine. They I got mean, enough strengths around those weaknesses that it could have carried them early games to get those weaknesses playing time and get them, you know, to be comfortable on the field. Yeah, so I, could, I had nothing but confidence for this season. I thought going into the season, I mean, before getting canceled, I, I thought that, you know, the offense would have to carry the defense for the first couple of weeks because that to get the defenses there because you know you were losing you were losing guys in the secondary even with Sean back he hasn't played outside corner you lose Chase Young which is like two three people yeah I mean the guy gets blocked by three people right and held by another one so like (laughs) that he uh so you you knew the defense was the one that was needed to uh, get caught up but I felt that you had the offense I, I mean they had an offense that could outscore anybody that they're playing early including Oregon which I know is a better Oregon team than, you know, years past because, you know, Mario Cristobal is just a much better coach. And, you know, I still would have had to seen it to believe it. I know they had games last year that I didn't watch closely. So I'm sure they've already proven that they're a much different team than they were. I've seen Ohio State play Oregon twice, and I was told both times Oregon's too much, too quick too you know too conditioned too athletic and that they were gonna beat ohio state because ohio state wouldn't be able to run with them ohio state beat the brakes off of them both times so i i would have had to seen it to believe it i think ohio state would have won that game it probably would have been close i mean we were going to their home so it would have been a good game yeah um so is that still on for columbus next year i from what i understood is that they are still they're trying to reschedule this year's game for later on, but, I mean, they're going to follow the schedule for next year, which is kind of weird because, you know, you think about Ohio – so, like, Ohio State – so a home game against Michigan is going to get skipped, an away game against Penn State is going to get skipped. So, I mean, that's kind of weird in itself yeah. that, you know – I and, I mean, if they change it, you know – I mean, maybe they could change it. Ohio State would get the home game next year against Michigan. But, like, I'm so used to, you know, uh, even years being, being home. <laughs> home and right. odd years being the way. So I, I mean, I guess, I mean, I could change my thought process on that if that happened. But, you know. How come every time we have a 200-yard rusher, we're in the white jerseys? <laughs> That's true. We, uh, I mean, our running backs, they own Ann Arbor. Yeah. It's been true for a, a long time now. No, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's going to be weird. I mean, I 
even years you're in the shoe. So that's it's going to be strange. Um, so yeah, I'll be interesting to see how they do that. Of course, who knows about this winter season? And like I, I've heard now, things that are starting to come out that uh, the you know starting early January. Like I, I saw a report today. Um, somebody tweeted it out. It came from um, Rick Neuheisel was talking about on his serious show that um, there he's hearing that the Big Ten they're going to have their players come back after Thanksgiving, and you know that's you know. Then they're going to start January 1st. All I ask and all I want, and of course the Big Ten did this to themselves so they would never do this, I would love if they scheduled an Ohio State game the Monday night of the national title game and watch how many people actually watch the Buckeyes over the national championship. Yeah, they should schedule. They would just kill the ratings of that game. It would be amazing. That would be the one little thing to help maybe make all this – craziness right i mean it still wouldn't be but at least you would take all the writings away from that championship. ohio ohio state michigan and indianapolis on uh <laughs> on whatever the monday is uh, that that title game is <laughs> i think that'd be amazing it would be interesting uh i would have to i don't know how the that would favor the big 10 come in the uh committee's room for years to oh come no the they, would ne- they would never get in the playoff again <laughs> i mean i think ohio state's maybe would you still- better go undefeated <laughs> the next year <laughs> All right, so back to that. We keep going off. So, anyways, where we're at now, or at least where I'm going to go to, is um, unless we want to, we want to talk about Notre Dame now, or are we going into that a little bit later? I mean, we can start it now, unless you have anything more you want to talk about on Ohio State's response. No, I mean, I don't think it's enough. I think behind closed doors, they are were trying, are trying. Um, I don't think it's enough, though. You need to be more public about it. You know what team, what kind of team you have. Let your fans know that you know that and that you were trying for a season. All right. Okay, so uh, we had a SI article came out, um, I believe, a couple days ago. It might have been yesterday or the day before, but um, it's it's from um, our rivals affiliated site to SI. So it's got a little bit of a michigan twint to it um but it's about the whole big 10 in general um basically what they're saying is that you know the big 10 kind of outsmarted themselves is you know their thought process was that we cancel we know that the pac-12 is going next which was obvious to anybody the pac-12 just wanted somebody else to cancel and they were going to cancel right they wanted to cancel first they just didn't want to be the idiots to do it yeah so and notice, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the West Coast is different. I mean, I know it's a bunch of more laid back people out there, but there hasn't been seemed like a it's lot of. It's been a lot different. Their response to what the Big Ten has uh, been. I don't see, think the outcry has been anywhere near as bad. Um, but um, so and then the Big Ten thought the ACC would go next, and because they felt that there was academic schools like you know. And this article said Duke and UNC and Virginia, and they threw in you know Florida State too. Is Syracuse which, smart. Syracuse might have been one of the ones that I got. I don't know. Are they are they academic? I don't know. I think so. I know they got a really good journalist school, so we're okay. Probably going to get a couple. <laughs> there's a couple journalists that I listened to that uh, went to Syracuse, and we'll probably get. Well, if any journalists watch this, they're going to call us dummies. So that, I mean, that's okay. <laughs> so um, I would. Uh, and then they said Florida State too, because Florida State is the you know the 
18th best public university. But I read that. Would you have ever guessed no, that in a million years no, no. that Florida State was a good school? But even with the 18th best, I don't think Florida State would have. It's the state of Florida. I, there's no way no Florida school is going to be going to. No, that's cancel football. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That's right, just yeah. not happening down there. I mean, Florida State. I mean, you would think the same for Ohio, but yeah. <laughs> I'll move on. <laughs> Well, you know, I think our people were in favor of actually playing, um, but I don't think Florida State would have been one of those schools. But, you know, the point's taken on that. Um, and it was, you know, Clemson was obviously against it. And so Big Ten was 100% sure all the ACC is definitely going to cancel too. And then <clears throat> they said how the, you know, the SEC and the Big 12 would basically look foolish and have a bunch of pressure put on them to cancel, you know, and Notre Dame wants to play football and Notre Dame because they had to make a deal with somebody to, you know, be able to play because everybody was canceling non-conference games. So it only made sense for them to, you know, schedule against the ACC because they already have, you know, they're an ACC and all other conferences. Plus they play five, I believe is it five games that they play in football against ACC opponents every year. Yes. So it only made sense to be the ACC and they were the ones not even in the football conference. They put their foot down like, you know, some Big Ten schools and were the driving force behind the scenes to say they wanted to play and that emboldened Clemson. Then now you had two powerhouses. And I am and I don't care what the article said. I'm sure Florida State was in that camp. And Miami was Florida probably State in Florida State and Miami camp. wanted to play football. So, like, they... You know, so Notre Dame is pretty much then Notre Dame is the reason why the Big Ten looks like idiots. Right. And and I'm sorry if you just said this, I missed it. Notre Dame agreed, though, like they went out of their way to try to get the rest of the ACC to keep playing. Like, didn't they agree that they would play them more times in the following years? Yeah. And they also are splitting some of the NBC revenue with them. Like they that's how badly they want to play now. I, we all know Notre Dame fans. We've seen Notre Dame play. We know they travel well. We know they have a passionate fan base. We know they're a legitimate top five, top ten football program in the country. I mean, top five still, right? I mean, I, I guess you could probably flip a coin. Maybe, maybe not. Now, as far as product on the field, maybe not. But following fan base they got oh yeah they're close they're definitely they are they're a major blue blood in college football they have a network pretty much all to themselves correct exactly yeah so so we all know that they wanted to play but turns out they realize that they have the weight to throw around that they can play they got the juice to keep playing a season and i just I can't imagine that Ohio State couldn't have gotten close to the same response if they tried to fight a little bit harder. So that's kind of what's a little difficult for me to understand is just Notre Dame. Again, I know they're very comparable to a fan base to, you know, the weight that they can throw around to Ohio State, but they can push a conference to play football, but Ohio State cannot like that. That yeah. sucks. That's yeah, that, that's And that's hard to fathom for me. That's that's hard for me to believe that they you know that they did fight as hard as they could have. well ohio state definitely could have been that that team that that school but you know obviously i think they chose to go a little bit of a different route um uh, try to do it maybe a little bit more behind the scenes but right, um yeah. you know 
but kind of what I found funny, you know, and I believe this article and like, you know, I, I know it's an affiliate, but I don't think anything with an SI affiliate. I mean, I think they would, you know, be pretty sure before they would at least trust their sources enough when they put it out there. And the guy that wrote the article said his sources in both Ann Arbor and in uh, Chicago, you know, told him the same stuff. And oh, I 100 percent believe it. I haven't heard anything different. And, you know, their thing was that, you know, the Big Ten, you know, they got all hoity-toity that, well, you know, all these conferences will cancel. And if the SEC doesn't cancel, then we can come out and say, well, see, all they care about is football down there. And basically they admitted that they didn't think that they, the presidents, which I don't know what planet they're living on, some of the presidents that are presidents at some of our schools were surprised about the reaction up to the Big Ten. Be like, you got some. I mean, or I mean, I get it. Everybody talks about what the South is, but I mean, I would put the state of Ohio high school football and its passion for football against a lot of states. Right, absolutely. And I mean, I personally, all I really know to speak of is what Ohio feels about football and what Pennsylvania feels about football. Yeah. So those are two, and those are your two well, best they, teams in the conference, but. When you talk about like Wisconsin, I don't know what Wisconsin's football is like, but I know Badger fans are crazy and they want to see football. And they love football up there. I mean, you look at the Packers. Right. I mean, they have a huge football following up there. I mean, I mean, I guess Michigan people like football over yeah. there. Um, there's a lot of there's also a lot of pockets. Like you know, there's also a lot of small towns throughout the Midwest. And you know, that's you know, you think about high school football and stuff like that. Like Iowa, I'm sure Iowa, Iowa high school football is not Ohio high school football, but I bet it's taken pretty seriously in the state of Iowa. I mean, those small towns probably absolutely love it. Well, I'm sure that's, you know, Friday or Saturday whenever they play. I'm sure that's what they have to do. I mean, I'm sure it's Friday because they probably watch the Hawkeyes play on yeah. Saturday. So, yeah, I mean, I just I can't believe that they didn't think that people cared about football in these states. Yeah. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of just... How stupid can you be? I mean, you don't know how to, you don't know your fan base whatsoever. How out of touch can you be with the universities that you are presidents or chancellors of if you didn't think that the student body, the fans, and just people in general that live in this area cared about college football? Yeah. And we'll get to, uh, you know, part two of our, you know, Super League here in uh, a little bit. But, you know, that's kind of like why we've started discussing about that because... It just seems like there is a lost base. There's they're, they're just out of touch with, right. you know, kind of what's, you know, we're part of what's around them. Yeah. And um, but I and I, I just think it makes the arrogance of the Big Ten. Well, we're the academic schools. How and, stupid do they look right now? The smart academic universities. How ridiculously dumb do they look right now that that was their stance and they thought that that was going to work to kill college football yeah. this year? And then you look at all the states up around here where, like, Ohio's – I mean, yes, I know some schools are canceling their seasons, and, you know, it's a school decision. And if a school district doesn't want to play, that's up to them. But the state of Ohio is playing high school football. The state of Pennsylvania is playing high school football. You know, most of the states – Cincinnati I, Bearcats are playing yeah, college football. You know, the Pitt Panthers are playing uh, college football. I mean, and – Sure, maybe by the time the show airs, something will happen and the rest will follow suit. But, I mean, I don't think so right now. From, right. At this moment, those teams are playing. And I I don't know. I mean, SEC, I know the Big Ten wants to prove that they care so much about football and make them look bad. But, hell, 
If everyone else quits, the SEC is still going to play. They'll just say the SEC champion is the national champion. Yeah, they'll come out with saying, well, we know that we'd be the champion anyway, so it just <laughs> it might as well just be uh, SEC champion. Clemson will probably join the SEC to, uh, so they can still play. So can I actually – I mean, I know we have our outline and everything, but can I just go off and just ask you real quick? So, And we haven't discussed this yet, so maybe we don't have an answer at this time, but I'm guessing if they're still going to do a playoff – you're going to have multiple lost teams in there this year, you would think, right? I would think so. You think you're going to get your first two-loss team in the playoffs this year? I don't know because um, maybe, maybe – depends who that second team in the SEC is. I mean, I is. guess the SEC could split. Because I'm assuming right now the winner of, I think, Texas – what Texas has got coming back – I like Texas. So They're I think, overrated always. I, I think the winner of Oklahoma and Texas is in the playoffs. I could see Oklahoma going undefeated. Yeah. Or Texas or maybe one loss. I don't I don't Whoever, I don't believe Texas. They're another one. I don't believe it till I see it. They're one of those two teams. I think it's probably Oklahoma, but one of those two teams are in. Clemson's in. Um, even though that November seventh matchup in South Bend could be very interesting. Yeah. I would love to see you know, of course we'll have time. We'll be watching that game. Um uh, mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how Notre Dame does at home against them. Um, do you think now, if there is a two-loss team, do you think the playoff committee could use that as an excuse for years moving forward to say they had two losses, they weren't a conference, or maybe maybe they were a conference champion. Let's say like Ohio State from a couple years ago. So they were two losses, but they were a conference champion. They're actually better than you know so and so in front of them. Or do you think that they would say no? Twenty twenty was a crazy year. We're going to go back to the way things were. I want to say that 2020 is a crazy year, and we're going to go back to the way things are. But the one thing the committee has shown us is they have no criteria when it comes no to— No consistency, no criteria. Actually, probably the most consistent they've been was this past year's. I mean, was the easiest— uh... Well, the last two years were pretty easy. I mean, I know you had Ohio State against Oklahoma the year before, which was kind of like a coin flip. But the last two, you had three undefeated teams in both of them, so it was actually pretty easy to go by. Yeah. Um, but just kind of going back to just circling back to the big 10. So it just, I don't know. It, I hate this thing where they tried to be, they're just trying to be the smartest guys in the, the smartest uh, people in the room. And it just, they're the biggest idiots right now. Yeah. And you know, and now you have, you've had doctors come out and say that, you know, some of their issues that they brought up, they're flawed. And, you know, we've looked at some of these issues and there's definitely, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's heightened chances, but you know, what is for their age group? Is it really that heightened? And like, there's just a lot of things that they didn't take into effect that they could have, they should have took into effect. And it just seems like that they were trying to be, um, the smartest people in the room and just, I don't know. They're not backfired on them. Yeah, and if those three conferences play a full season, they are going to look so stupid. Yeah, exactly. And you know that's kind of you know we want to. Are we ready to get into Super League here? Yeah, let's let's you get want, into that. Anything else you want to talk about on the discussion points? I really feel like, and I'm going to say each week that we're not going to have a season. I'm going to get over it, but I just I feel like this is going to be a recurring theme that I'm going to get more upset by you know, each week that goes, I'm going to see someone else playing football. It's going to make my blood boil, and then we're going to talk about it. So I think we have plenty of time to keep yeah. hashing back of what Ohio State should have done, what they haven't done, 
and you know how disappointed we are. I do want to bring up one more thing I just thought about that was in the article that I meant to talk about. Yeah. They actually did mention that they did feel the Big Ten felt like Notre Dame would also be on their side because you know they're uh, such a known for being such an ac- academic university university i i don't know where this thought process notre dame was like no we make millions or billions of dollars to play football we're going to play football this year we have fans that love football we're going to play football what is the what is this thought that the the big 10 keeps on having well we're academic and like what academic i mean to be a president of a university you're pretty well uh educated so you know what some of these other conferences don't have uh, educated uh, presidents leading their schools. No, I, I, I don't get it. I don't know what their whole point of that was, but it just honestly, and we've said it, it just shows how out of touch they are with the rest of society that they thought that just giving up college football in the Big Ten was something that was just going to, you know, get swept under the rug and no one was going to care about. All right. To the Super League, you know, we had. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Um, as, uh, I kind of said, uh, I didn't say this in the last episode, but, uh, kind of joked off the air with somebody. This is, uh, our serious fun segment. Um, uh, it's s- fun because I mean, who like, who doesn't like to speculate about stuff like that, especially when you're not playing this year. Um, it's also serious because come on guys, it's time to, it do, should happen. It's time to do something like this. Um, so, um, just kind of recap a little bit of what we talked about last week. So, um, and just one thing I didn't mention from the last episode is that, so this is a 48-team uh, league. It's eight divisions. There is six teams in each division. You know, we went through how you, your schedule would be broke down. You're playing the other five teams in your division. You're playing a whole other division for 11, and that would be six more games for 11 games. And then you play a third division. You play whoever finished at the same spot you finished in that division. So that would be your 12 games. Um, basically you would be playing everybody in the country, um, once every, uh, every seven years. Right. Um, now I didn't mention this last time, but just throw it out now. Cause the reason why I'm going to throw this out, um, but I'll, so I was kind of stuck when originally was designing it between a 48 team and a 56 team. Um, and I decided to go with the 48. And the only reason why I mentioned that now I'm going to talk about when we, break down these first uh, when we break down all the divisions but you know we're starting with the first two divisions tonight that um i'm gonna say who my last team in was and then kind of who my honorable mention was who i would think who almost got in and um and then basically if it if ever you know this would ever come to fruition that maybe they would decide to go to 56 teams and then um so then they could just add that other school is the seventh team but right, right. So um, to get into it, um, we're going to start with, um, of course, this is the Buckeyes, you know, big Buckeye fan site. You know, we love the Buckeyes. So we're going to start with Ohio State's division. Um, now, I didn't name well, calling this the North. I didn't name any of these divisions. But so this is division. Uh, this is the division A right now. Group, we, group A. Yeah, group A. Um, you know, anybody have any suggestions on good division names? You know, feel free to comment about them. I, I would love to hear some of those. Uh, Keep it clean. <laughs> Um, all right, so um, our, the Division A, uh, it's going to be the Ohio State Buckeyes, um, the University of Michigan Wolverines, the uh, Penn State University Nittany Lions, uh, the Michigan State University Spartans, the West Virginia University Mountaineers, and the University of Pittsburgh Panthers. 
I'm very impressed that you named off like all the universities like that. Yeah. Um, I couldn't remember. Is Pitt University of Pittsburgh or <laughs> Pittsburgh University? If I I hope up. we didn't offend any of you guys. I mean, I don't right. I don't know how many people like Pitt anyways, but yeah. if you're listening, we're sorry. We don't know which wording comes first or last. I apologize. I'm pretty sure everything else was correct. Panthers is right. Yeah. So we so, got that right. Um so kind of just before we really break it down, just your thought process about, you know, that division i like it it's going to be very competitive i'm very similar to you know your big 10 east that you already have which super competitive you got your best teams in there so I except def- west virginia and pitt are much better than maryland and not oh Rutgers. absolutely yeah i mean what you're losing what you're gaining for what you're losing it completely and that's why like that's why we're saying you got to do stuff like this because you're getting rid of teams that are always bottom feeders and you're going to put in these other teams that are going to play competitive games. The point is Ohio state would definitely be favored against every one of these teams, but for this year. Yeah. But uh, schools like Pitt and West Virginia, they could beat Ohio state if Ohio state wasn't prepared to play them. Right. Or if Ohio state had a down year, they could beat them. Yeah. And, um, and kind of the reason why I put West Virginia and Pitt in there is because, you know, right now they're kind of, you know, it's kind of the theme until we kind of get out West. Where we've seen West Virginia pull upsets in the Big 12. When we when, when we get out West, teams are a little farther apart. But for the other, you know, there's two divisions that are really out West. So you'll see that. And actually, I think on the next episode, we'll do the Western divisions and then we'll come back across the South. Um, but Everybody else, I mean, these are kind of is broken down fairly good geographically, and at least in my opinion. I mean, the next division we'll talk about is a little spread out, but uh, the rest are pretty close. And so, you know, Pitt plays in the ACC. West Virginia plays in the Big 12. So, in my opinion, when they both have they both have history behind both schools. Mm-hmm. Um, they both can get kids to go to their schools, but the problem is – those secondary regional kids that you need to fill out your roster. Well, if, you, if you're Pitt and you're trying to recruit Ohio right now, a lot of these kids are like, well, you know, my parents, uh, we're going to be playing a lot of games in the ACC. Right. You know, I'd rather go, you know, Michigan State's offering me. So, you know, well, those two teams in no way belong in the two conferences that they're in. Yeah. And I think in the, this conference, first of all, it brings back their rivalry, which, you know, was a fun rivalry. And there's and, no reason why that should ever end it. Yeah. And if I was like, if I was a school like Penn State, I mean, first of all, you got Pitt in your own division. I mean, that's a rivalry to begin with, and Penn State's going to have a rivalry with West Virginia. I is, mean, is Pitt Penn State is that done now? Um, I don't know if they were still planning on playing. I thought they finished. They didn't have any new games scheduled, but I, I mean, couldn't I couldn't remember. I could be wrong on that one. Um, that was an every year one, wasn't it? Yeah, for a, a long time. You know, I mean, there might have been a couple breaks in there, yeah. especially when. Penn State went to the Big Ten, you know. I mean, but it was always a non-conference game, so you know they could have very easily played every year, right? Um, so the reason, you know, but with, I think you know when you look at like Pitt, I mean, Western Pennsylvania's got good high school football. Northeastern Ohio's got good high school football, so Pitt could very easily recruit that territory and put a very competitive team on the field. Sure. And West Virginia is the same thing. You got Ohio right next to it. You got, you know, other states you could get to, you know, Pennsylvania, you know, Pennsylvania, you got, you got Ohio, you know, you're close to be able to recruit maybe the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, you know, the, uh, what is it? The DMV area. Mm -hmm. So 
I could see that those two schools in this, you know, they're all six kind of close to each other. I think it'd be some great games. I mean, you know, Ohio State, I mean, you still got Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State on the, you know, schedule, but, you know, you look at uh, games against West Virginia and Pitt every year, and I think those could be fun. And, you know, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of kids that, you know, Ohio State still, you know, they go after the best kids in the state of Ohio, and then they kind of have a national look. Well, I think there could be a lot of high three stars and four star kids that Ohio State didn't look at from Northeast Ohio that, you know what, I'll go play at Pitt or West Virginia. That would kill Luke's recruiting, though. Yeah. Well, then we're going to get to that. So Pitt was my last team in, and Cincinnati was the team I considered putting in. <laughs> And the only reason why I didn't put Cincinnati in is that they just have not had a consistent history no, as, no. as Pitt has had. Right. I mean, the way Luke Fickle is recruiting Ohio, getting those second-tier kids, and the product that they're putting out on the field, I think as long as he's there, they're going to be successful. But how long can Luke Fickle actually stay there? I know he got an extension, but is, now, is he working that extension out? I, I mean, I don't think so. And God, if this if this thing would happen, I could see Luke at West Virginia or Pitt. Oh, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> sure thing, yeah. Yeah, you can see. Uh, <laughs> but I don't. There's no way he's working out that extension. No, he he's gonna get offered big money. I, I mean, I think he's still kind of. Um, my opinion on Luke, just uh, go off on a little side tangent, is I think Luke's kind of. Um, this is not the same Luke that was the 2011. But um, does 2011 still hold him back? It probably does, and that's probably why he was never going to be considered initially for the job. If Luke has another good year or two and, say, Ryan Day jumps to the NFL, I could see – Post-Ryan Day, is Luke Fickle an actual option? I think so. Yeah. I think they I would. mean, he went 6-7 and seven with little – just the pieces he lost and probably just how that team felt after Trestle left. It could have been worse. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Um, but so, yeah, Luke was – I was considering Cincinnati there. Uh, so if, if for whatever reason, if this would be a seven-team – Mm -hmm. division i would put cincinnati as my seventh team um it was kind of close i i just kind of went on pitt's history i wanted to see pitt with penn state i wanted to see pitt with west virginia um and that's kind of the reason why i went with that cincinnati in a big boy div conference would be very or division would be very interesting for ohio state though because mm -hmm. you know that gives them clout in the recruiting in ohio state sure i mean it's always it's going to be hard to recruit against Ohio State, but I I'm sure Luke could pull a four four star mate an in state kid that if you had a four star kid from Ohio, I mean yeah I think Luke could grab him. So yeah, and like I like I said earlier, Ohio State's definitely I mean Ohio State the way they've been over the last two decades, Ohio State is still favored against every one of these teams. Just like Michigan State, Penn State can beat Ohio State. I think Pitt and West Virginia could be there too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <coughs> All right, next division. Okay. Ready? I call this one the Notre Dame division because Notre Dame's the headliner in this division. Apparently Notre Dame just runs college football anyway, <laughs> so why not? So we have the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, um, the University of Wisconsin, the Badgers, uh, Nebraska. I can't remember if they're a university or Nebraska University. I think it's Nebraska University. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like it's NU. Yeah. I could be wrong. Um, then I put Missouri, um, Iowa State, and Iowa. Okay. First opinions. <clears throat> well, I mean, 
Iowa State and Missouri, I have some concerns about them. I think geographically it all makes sense. Missouri, since they went through the SEC, I mean, well, they they made an SEC championship game one year. I don't know how good they were. I think they made it two years. Did, then they lose to they lost to Auburn the year Auburn goes to the yeah. title game, right? Reason why Missouri gets put in here is because first, but how of, are they an East team though? Yeah, I don't know, but uh, again, I think this is a team similar to Pitt and West Virginia that benefit. And same thing with Iowa State; they're benefiting from playing against regional teams, right? Because exactly, if you're recruiting geographically, they the parents know that they're not going to have have to travel as much to. Because you look at kids that they get great scholarship offers to schools far away, whether it be, you know, Ohio State trying to pull a kid from California, kid from Texas, or vice versa, and they have that kid about the, you know, sign on the dotted line, and then 13th hour, you know, 11th hour hits, and you hear that that kid's not going anywhere because he needs to stay close to home to mom and dad. So that's definitely something that pays or plays a big part in recruiting. Yeah. Um, I like what Matt Campbell's done at Iowa State. That's why I put Iowa State in here. Um, I like the possibility of that rivalry with Iowa, that rivalry with Nebraska, that rivalry with Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I can see it. <clears throat> Iowa State. I mean, he needs he needs to recruit at a more elite level, which again, this might help him that regional. Plus, recruiting. he gets he gets the upper Midwest, so because we're talking about harder conferences he can go into harder he, he could recruit chicago yeah being in this um he could even recruit ohio i mean so i'm okay with it because he's had decent success he's pulled off some big wins since he's been there so i'm okay with that can you imagine iowa he's I- another one not destined to be at that school very long no though. but i mean if this happens he could be there. right and that changes <clears throat> this would change what these schools are for people. That's not necessarily, you know, a stepping stone anymore. Yeah. Um, can you imagine Iowa and Iowa State? I mean, that's a pretty good rivalry game to be the final game of the year. Yeah, that would be uh, awesome. I, mean, I think that would be a fun game to watch. Absolutely, yeah. And you wouldn't have to travel far for that last game of the year. I think all in state. That'd I, be great. I think Wisconsin is definitely. Um, I would love Notre Dame to be Wisconsin's rival. No, that, that would, would be the last game of the year. And I think it w- that would make sense. I could see Nebraska, Missouri, um, and Wisconsin and Notre Dame. And, um, I mean, Wisconsin, there's not much to say. Wisconsin, they're in because, you know, they've proven themselves now. I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. They still have a hard time beating the champion of the East, but they are one of those legit teams in the right. country. So, they've proven themselves. Um, Missouri, I put in because, again, regionally, Missouri is actually in a really good. I mean, again, this is a. It's not Ohio high school football, but Missouri high school football, not bad. You know, you got St. Louis and Kansas City, and they're right. Well, in Ohio the, State gets enough blue chippers out of St. Louis, yeah. so they're they right in the middle, doing something right over. They're there. right in the middle, and now you got to again. That goes to the regional thing. You know, you think about an Ezekiel and a couple of these kids. You know, maybe they do decide to stay and go go to Missouri. They'd be like, well, I'm going to be playing against Ohio State or playing against Notre Dame, right? And, um, you know, I can stay home. I'm in a good uh, I'm in a good division. I don't have my parents don't have to travel to Alabama to Florida to see me play football. Yeah. Um, And kind of just going off to the Ohio State thing is I think, you know, you think Notre Dame is the top is the headliner of the division. Every one of these schools can beat Notre Dame if Notre Dame is not ready for them. Right. Notre Dame has been 
typically Notre Dame plays pretty good competition, but they have been in recent years more susceptible to a bad year than what Ohio State's. And they can get challenged. I mean, they've I mean, they've been challenged. They've been challenged by plenty of teams on their schedules over the years that you think that that's the easy win on their schedule. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um so my last team in on this one, I mean, it's definitely was between Iowa State and uh, Missouri as being the, you know, they were the last team and I kind of both of them. Um, one of the two were definitely getting in. Um, and I think so Iowa State was probably five and Missouri was six just because um, putting Iowa State and Iowa together. Um, Seemed right. I like that. Yeah, that's um, good. That's good. Uh, and Iowa State does have the win losses, I think recently to justify the decision um actually my la my team first team out you know there was some thought about kansas state i actually i think it's minnesota and the reason why it's minnesota is i think between pj fleck and i think minnesota they're similar situation they could be bubble they, depending what pj fleck does in the future that could be they could be bubble yeah they have kind of uh, – I mean, they don't have the prestige of Ohio State or a Texas, but right. they have that kind of that same feel, though. They are a – they have a whole city. They're not a college town. They're a city. Yeah. And, you know, some kids just love that. And if P.J. Fleck really puts them on the map, he could get some legitimate recruits to go to Minnesota because, you know, it's a city. It's got that city atmosphere. And yeah. it's like – it's just a different vibe. And, you know, some kids love it. Some kids hate it. He's a great coach. Yeah. I'm, well, he's a really good coach. And I don't know if I want to say great right now, but he definitely, with the resources that they have at Minnesota, and it does seem like kids like to play for him, he could really do s some wonders for that team. Kind of going off fickle. Now, if if this did stay as a six-teamer, can you see P.J. Fleck in Missouri? Yeah. I could. I mean, because if, if Minnesota has to be the stepping stone to get to something better, then, yeah, absolutely I could. Yeah. So, and he, you know what? And I could then I think I bite my tongue from what I said before, and I could see P.J. Fleck really turning that team around and that they would be more competitive. Yeah. And every one of these divisions, you know, some of these divisions are going to be a little stronger than others. But the point is all these divisions are better than what, you know, you're currently. Yeah, because – Top to bottom in every one of these divisions could beat everybody in each one of these divisions. It just is the team that's the better team overlooking them because these are teams that can get talent and right. they could, you know, they could show them off. And I don't think schools like Ohio State and Notre Dame, they're not going to be able to take off days. You know, you won't have that boring Rutgers game because you actually have to prepare to play. Well, is Ohio State regularly going to lose to Pitt? Probably not. I mean, I think we can agree on that, right? Most years, they're going to beat Pitt. Oh, they won't. They will. But is Pitt a better game each year than Rutgers? Yeah. Absolutely. Pitt Rutgers is, is a 0% chance to beat Ohio State. Watch Shiano beat Ohio State this year. But you know what I'm saying? There is 0% chance to beat Ohio State. I at least believe Pitt, with the talent that they have gotten and that how they've played in the past, and what they would be able to recruit, I at least believe Pitt at some point would be able to pose a challenge that they could beat Ohio State. That if Ohio State didn't take them serious enough, you could be looking at a Purdue game. Yeah. So, you know, those are the first two divisions. Um, 
any major issues you kind of no 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 i like it i mean i you how you explained everything anything i had questions of i i agree with it minnesota again i just like if i would have saw a couple if pj if this was if this was pj fleck maybe have been there a couple more years or if like if last year happened a couple more times then i might have taken some issue with having missouri and again over minnesota but no i can't really argue it i think you're right. I mean, I think that's kind of a toss-up right there because Minnesota could be in there, and that that would be nice for you know Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. That was and that's that was also the thing I was you know that's I mean one of Wisconsin's rivals. Um, and like I said, who knows? I mean, this could end up being seven teams, but right. I I think it's a good conference or it's a good division. Um, I think both of these are good divisions. I mean, these are competitive games. I mean. I mean, it's no picnic for any of these schools having to play this type of schedule. And like I said, not only are you playing the five teams in your division, you're playing a whole other division. Right. So you think about it like if Ohio State was playing Notre Dame's division that year. So in a year, you are literally playing Michigan, Penn State, uh, Michigan State, um, Pitt, West Virginia, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Missouri, Nebraska, Iowa, and Iowa State. I mean, uh, Yeah, I mean – and I just – I couldn't fathom any team. And a lot of these are going to be like that too. And I can't I can't fathom any team is going to have an undefeated season if this were to ever roll out. No, and and that's the whole point with it. It's not just the five teams you're playing in your division. You know you got six tough games against right. another division. And you're playing another school then as your 12th school that finishes in the same spot as you. So, you know, if Ohio State is a first-place team – or a second place team the year before from the division and you're playing, you know, say you finish first, well, and you're playing Clemson's. So not only you might play all of Notre Dame's division, you might play Clemson on same, top of that in the same year. And that's that's no There's absolutely no question with this system that you know who's national champion and you know they're the best team in the country. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Any uh any finishing up things we want to talk finishing thoughts i just best of luck randy wade keep fighting that good fight get our buckeyes back on the field i know it's a long shot but please everyone just keep fighting keep the pressure on we want to see fall football so badly again it's a long shot i know it's probably not going to happen but you know randy best of luck to you best of luck to the parents i really hope if we don't get a season at least i hope you get your answers on Saturday. yeah that's exactly we want answers um, kind of going off of that, um, kind of happened uh, a little later today. We found this out, so it, we kind of already had the show a little bit planned for this. Um, the only spot we were really holding on was uh, for the Tyleek Williams decision. Um, but Nebraska, a couple players uh, suing the conference. Um, I possibly be interested in talking a little bit more about that the next episode. We might have we more. We don't know enough yet, I don't think, to yeah. get into I it. want to read a couple more articles about it. Um, who knows? We might have a couple more lawsuits. Keep uh, the pressure up, guys. You know, a lot of times these are dominoes. Uh, maybe next time, maybe when the next episode comes out, we'll have a couple Ohio State players be suing the Big Ten, too. You never know. So what do we got? We got 11 a.m. on Saturday, right? Yep, that's the when they're having their little uh, protest outside Ohio Stadium. If you can make it to Columbus, be there. Get the Bucks back on the field. Just remember, Randy said, wear your mask. <laughs> exactly. Be safe. All right. All right. I uh, want to th- thank you guys for uh, listening. Episode two, uh, Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. Um, again, please subscribe to the channel. 
like the video, uh, comment on the video. Um, down in the description box, we're going to have our uh, link tree. Go check out our other links. Um, I also will have the attached link to that Sports Illustrated article that we're talking about so people can read it themselves about how dumb and stupid the Big Ten is looking right now in this whole matter. So we appreciate you guys joining us, and have a good night. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>